Welcome to The Profitable Python. I'm your host, Ben McNeil, and on this episode, you will meet Brandon Poole. Everyone calls Brandon Tank. So Tank is an officer of the Certified Coders Company, which specializes in web and mobile app development. Tank's superpower is helping small and medium-sized businesses stay connected to their customers with his apps. Certified Coders also hosts workshops and build hardware optimized for software development. Tank, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Brother Ben. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. I'm very honored and privileged. I uh, love your energy, love your platform. You know, I'm a fan of your Instagram. They want to say thank you and give a shout out to you for allowing me to come on. You know, nerds connecting around the world. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, the, the feeling is mutual. I'm, I'm super happy to have you on here. And I must ask, before we get started, how do I explain the uh, the hashtag do Q box to my ninety seven year old grandmother? Right, I don't call it hashtag. I call it pound. So it's pound. More like a <laughs> okay. It's more like a um. It's more like a hey, get your attention and pound. <laughs> you know, um, I feel like this day and age, you know, developers, you know, we're very creative, so we kind of make up things as we go, and we kind of like you know, remix words. Uh, you know, numbers, letters, everything. We're just trying to add our own flavor to it. You know, it kind of helps it, you know, stand out. I mean, why go with the norm, right? Sure. Mm -hmm. You know, Google, they're coming out with new um, languages and new ways of doing things. And these big Fortune 500 companies. So I emphasize, like, the name of my company is uh, Nine Ops Certified Coders. I just emphasize uh, a hashtag or pound in front of certified coders really emphasize that we're certified. Say, hey, you know, we're confident in what we do. Like, we're nerds. We're nerds, but we're cool <laughs> nerds. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's a difference. Yeah. No, I, I'm, uh, so on your website, actually, it shows, like, a computer with specs and stuff. Is that your dev box? Or do you guys, like, do giveaways with that? Or how does that work exactly? So, right. So, what it is, you know, um, my my background is, you know, I'm, I'm a Microsoft guy. You know, I, I was a huge hero of Bill Gates and Windows. Um, Windows is one of the main primary reasons I began developing. Like Windows 3.1 dropped, you know, I was a huge fan of it. My computer broke many times. And then um, <laughs> I, I became, you know, advocate of Windows when it came out in 95, I believe, in 98. And then um, and uh, when, when, no, what was it? It was Windows XP came out. I had opportunity to go to Las Vegas to see Bill Gates speak at Comdex. He was hmm. like a rock star there. You know, it was a very eye-opening experience. It was actually when Windows XP Service Pack 2 came out. <laughs> and it was, you, you remember XP was, it, everybody loved it, but it was so many viruses attacking yeah. it. You know, mm -hmm. like everybody loved it. It was like, okay, this is, this is, this is a stable Windows operating system. It, it works. It's simple. You know, like, you know, it's, it's cool. Network connects, wireless connects. It's, it's okay. But then like, all these people wrote viruses towards it. Then they released Service Pack 2, and that was like a big deal because I think that kind of closed off a lot of, you know, their um, open ports or firewalls and stuff that they had open, and it fixed a lot of um, bad issues up. So I was able to see Bill Gates speak when that dropped. Hmm. And then, you know, I, I'm, I'm a Windows guy. You know, I spent 10 years in corporate America using Windows. And then I, I came across this developer who was using Unix, and I just – he just changed my life. He was – Hmm. I remember I met him. He, I remember I met him. He was just using all he was using was the command prompt. He was like just very heavy in the command prompt, like you know, using Windows as a developer, a senior developer, 
he was a Unix guy. I'm like, bro, like you're not using the mouse. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, all you all you have is a screen. You you just type into a black screen. Like, like you don't want to use a mouse. You don't have like a, a display on there. Like, yeah, <laughs> what are you doing? You ever heard of Windows before? You know. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, man, we like Windows suck, man. He's like, it sucks. I said, man, are you crazy? It's like the best. <laughs> Why would we be without Windows? Mm. He was like, man, it sucks, man. It sucks. I mean, I use Unix. I said, what's Unix? Unix, what's that about? Yeah. He said, man, right now, if I wanted to, I can use this desktop right here to dial into my home computer. I can uh, cut on my computer at home, play some music, burn a CD, all from this command prompt. I was like, yeah, right. Get out of here. Huh. You know, and then he did it. I was like, whoa. He did it. I he, All he used was the command prompt. I was like, whoa. So you doing all that from the command prompt. I said, okay, wow. So that's like the next level. And so after that, I became a huge Unix and Linux advocate. Hmm. You know, I just really got really knee deep and really involved in learning about Unix and Linux. But then I saw how, how, how lacking Windows was. I said, oh, man, it's like Windows is lacking because it uses too much of the mouse. Mm. Like it's, it's mouse uses on steroids, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like all you do is use the mouse. Like everything is centered around the mouse. And uh, so I just started exploring Debian and Ubuntu. And so now what we, I've created is my own uh, Linux distro, and it's going to be primarily for uh, application development. And the name of it is called the Doc Box. Okay. So it's like grab your doc. You know, grab your dock. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. So it's like I got all the, you know, the frameworks that make sense on it, you know, because so many frameworks out there, right? Mm, yeah. Too many choices. You know, right. It's too many choices. So I got all the good ones. But <laughs> <laughs> so the ones that, that make sense. There's so many, though. So, yeah. So, right. So we, we, we're trying to get it going. We're going to do probably some GoFundMe's for it. We kind of can mass produce it, uh, show people how to download it and get it going and be able to build their own apps. Yeah. Heck yeah. Is that like, can you go on Docker and pull down an image of DocBox? Yeah. So I don't, um, I haven't gotten too much involved with Docker. I've heard about it. I know it's kind of like a config way of, um, of doing things, kind of like simplifying things, but it's kind of, it's kind of window-ish to me. Um, mm-hmm. I probably should check it out though. Cause it, you know, anyway, any time you can streamline something that's good to check out, but it's more like, uh, I'm we're getting to that point. I'm kind of like gathering, compiling all the best frameworks and kind of writing scripts where you can easily kind of do it like a, maybe by via like download onto an image, then just install everything at once, you know, but mm-hmm. checking out Docker, that's a good idea. You know, what, 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 tell me a little bit about Docker. How do you like Docker? Yeah. For, so when it comes to Python development, I really like it because pretty much like you get to, you can just pick like whatever um, like version of Python you want to use. There's an image out there and then it uses, uh, you have a lot of options with the different distros, but the one that I uh, have the most experience developing with is Alpine Linux, which just blows my mind because you have like a full, like a a whole operating system and it's like 28 megabytes. (laughs) So it's like really low profile. Like, uh, and then like to the, the other really cool thing is like, like flask, for example, is that web framework, but you could spin up like, Oh, you need a Mongo database. There's a Docker image for that. Oh, you need a reddish, reddish cache. 
um, oh, you need like a, like a, like a worker, uh, like celery, you can spin up another Docker instance. And like, if they use the same uh, operating system or the, if they use the same underlying image, basically they share those resources. So it's kind of like some net, it's kind of like the next gen stuff, but it does add another layer of complexity. So it just depends on what you're trying to get into, I guess. I like it though. I think it's cool. I see. Cool. Cool. <clears throat> yeah. You know, it's always, um, simplicity is good, you know, and, you know, being able to do things a lot of times is great, you know, so, but yeah, so that's where I met with things, you know, I have a lot to speak on it, but you know, I'm gonna let you roll forward with the questions. I'm gonna, I'm gonna light this up right here, but go ahead. What's your next question? Yeah. Yeah. I had a question about, uh, okay. So you've, your technology weapons of choice are like AWS or Amazon web services for anyone living under a rock, Linux, .NET, Node.js, React, Apache Cordova, which we should probably touch on, Redis, Python, and MongoDB. So I was curious, like, that's, I've never run into exactly that stack before. And I was just wondering if you could share, like, why that's your, why that's your stack. Okay, perfect. You know, well, Amazon, you know, right now, the number, the, the three top employees in America are Uber, <laughs> Lyft, <laughs> and Amazon. Yeah. You know, everybody's working for it. And then also, bro, like when did Amazon stock become like 980 bucks? What is it at now? Like $1,200? Man, I don't even know. I could look it up real quick. But those, I mean, they're like one of the like heavily valued companies. Right. But you remember Amazon like about five or six years ago, it was stock was on like 80, 90 bucks for like ever. Yeah, it's you know, it crazy. Like 150, but now it's like almost $1,100 like per share. It says it closed today at seventeen forty six. Wow! It's like all time highs, just like craziness. Why the rest of the economy is is, is going <laughs> the way? Amazon seems to be doing okay. You know, they're yeah. taking over the planet. <laughs> yeah. No, so I couldn't whole, agree um, more. Their whole cloud stack is 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 wonderful. I'm not, you know, it's just ahead of its time. You know, I guess you know what they did was they took a portion of their retail application development side and they decided to like lease it out to developers or allow coders to, you know, rent their tools and, you know, storage space and cloud mm -hmm. access is pretty much charge you for what they, you use, you know, and it's like, and they, they have a lot of great tools. Like I love EC2, which is the server instance, which, you, you know, disturb your server real quick. Mm -hmm. It is wonderful, you know, for storing like large files. It's great. Um, what else? Um, S3, um, Route 53 is like wonderful. It's very similar to registering your, go, your, your domain names. Get your domain name stirred up pretty quick and you can use it all up on the Route 53. You can do all your customization, all your different um, settings and configurations all through under the same umbrella. You know, so their, their tools are just wonderful. And then how it connects with, with Linux is even, even better. It's like hmm. how it just seamlessly connects in with everything. It's just like it's very simple, like very few lines of code. I'm all about, you know, KISS. You know, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm old school developer. You know, I like to keep shit as simple as possible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so how Amazon uses, you know, their connection with things. And then on my developer's framework side, I mean, right now I haven't gotten a lot of native development, which I want to, you know, but, you know, just how fast you get things up and going with JavaScript, the whole hybrid, you know, framework right now. Mm -hmm. It's just like out of the box, it's just working, you know. Native, it can get like real weird at times, you know. 
So like I've, I've been real heavy involved with like I've heard of have you heard of Framework Seven? No, I haven't heard of that. Yeah, Framework Seven is pretty cool. They have like a lot of um a lot of pre-installed like functions and already ready to go libraries that's popular for you know any kind of phone app. Like huh. you got your list view, you got you know your buttons, you got your pretty UI look and feel. Um, then on top of that, ThemeForge.net, you know, which is a, you know they sell templates. They have a lot of pre-built templates that's Framework Seven ready to go. Okay, and this is built on the, or it leverages Apache Cordova. Is that the right way of saying it? Right. So you, how um, how you would um. You would, Cordova is pretty much that's that sits uh, uh between, you know th that's your phone layer network. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at this up right now. It, it's basically saying, Java. It's like if you know the web stack, you can program with uh, Framework Seven and make mobile apps, basically. Right. Right. So okay. So your Cordova it sits it. It compiles your code, so you do all your actual development using JavaScript. So you know oh. you're familiar with like you know if you're familiar with um, jQuery, you'll be like mm. a freaking guru <laughs> at hybrid okay. development. You know because there's a lot of it. jQuery was like a game changer. Remember when jQuery dropped, it was just like okay, this made JavaScript like way easier. Mm -hmm. You know because now you can do difficult things with a few lines of code. You know you just gotta make sure you put in your document model. You know, when, mm -hmm. it, when jQuery came out, I was like, yeah, boy, because I, I was a .NET guy. And mm -hmm. .NET, you know, we were good on the server side of things, but on the we wasn't good in the UI department because Windows or, you know, um, um, I no, IS, it was um, web forms, they're very server heavy because you do all your work on the server, but you run there to the view. So a lot of stuff is taking place on the server. So doing cool things like, you know, like making a, a button animate or, you know, this, I mean, this making a, a div disappear was difficult in .NET mm -hmm. in that fact that you had to use old school JavaScript. And old school JavaScript is just that. Yeah. <laughs> it's old school. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so um, when jQuery came, I was like, whoa, okay, this this is, they've, they've brought us .NET guys like 10 years ahead. You know, they brought us up to where we're at now. Mm -hmm. And so now you have all these hybrid application frameworks. They're very similar to jQuery. And that, you know, you do one, a lot of one-liners, um, do a lot of things in certain areas, like in your document model, and letting that part fire first. So Framework 7 is kind of written around kind of jQuery. So you got a lot of the cool things you can kind of do real easily, you know, just with a few lines of code. You know, then your Cordova, it plays in the fact that when you're ready to publish your app, you know, you can take that JavaScript hybrid application, and now you convert it over to... Um, you can convert it over to Android or you can convert it over to iOS, either okay. or, under one source code. Hmm. You know, rather than you doing native application, you have, you know, your Android SDK language, you have your Swiftly language, which is, you know, your iOS uh, native hmm. language. So you have two different code bases, and that can be a bitch. I can imagine. It's like, hmm. there's like a lot going on. I, I'm pretty sure like at Facebook, Instagram, they probably got an Android team. They probably got a Swiftly team. Yeah. It's just like it's two different worlds, you know? Mm-hmm. 
anybody that's good in both of those, they 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 super they super guru. Like you, you're, super, you're super guru. You know, because I guess both of them use a lot of C, but I, guess, I think Android Android SDK is like way more Java. Yeah, I think Swiftly is like way more C. So mm. you know, then the JavaScript is kind of like it's just JavaScript, it's just hybrid. Then when you're ready to publish it to your to your to your application, you use Cordova. They have these different um, scripts that you can run for your compiling, for your building, adding mm. um, different components or additional libraries for the phone. They have all that kind of stuff built. So this is that layer when you're trying, when you're ready to publish app onto the actual device itself. Another thing cool with hybrid application development is that you can do a lot of the, the testing and everything on your on your dev box and using a browser. Mm. So you do all your testing and functionality is very low, low level or like low resources needed. Because to get um like Android, what is it, Android Studios going, yeah. man? Like you gotta have a you have a <laughs> decent machine, you know, or even like have you used the um for uh, Apple, what is it, the X, what is it? I, I haven't for used Apple? Xcode. I've used um uh, Flutter though with, with Android mm. Studio. And I mean it's like yeah, my machine might as well be smoking a little bit. <laughs> but <laughs> so tell me about Flutter. How you like it? I mean, what is good? Is it's, bad? it's a it's an interesting setup. They have a like a ton of widgets, and um, it feels it's got a look and feel kind of like JavaScript. Um, okay. And then it plugs right into like the Google like uh, they they have this thing called ML Kit. So if you're like right out of the box, one project I did it was like. Uh, OCR scanning like a business card and it extracted the email from it and it was Mm. like you know 700 lines of code or less just like really I mean it's crazy how many um, shortcuts they've managed to build into it but I don't know like which one would feel more native than the other and I guess everybody loves Flutter because all the widgets and they're all like supported Mm. by Google and then there's like some open source widgets out there too other people. So this is, this is Flutter. Is IDE? Uh, well, so with Flutter, you actually at least you can use VS Code or you can use Android Studio. Um, from what I understand, but I just always did it in Android Studio because the okay. the linting is a lot more. Um, I don't know. There's just there's some Android Studio. It gets a lot of crap, but I actually mm-hmm. kind of like the the experience. Like, there's a lot of little shortcuts for typing less with your fingers mm. and uh it's the intellisense is really smart and i don't know I, I say don't rule it out if you if you haven't experienced it yet check it out nice nice that's good um yeah because you know people got to realize that doing less code sometimes can really be a benefit because if you're talking about a thousand lines of code you know i like having to do stuff over and over again that can get real tedious yeah you know, and make any kind of that. way of just having it you can simplify that. It's always a benefit. And, um, IntelliSense is cool, but you know, I'm so, man, I'm, I'm old school. Man. I'm like real <laughs> old school, bro. But I use Vim, man. I'm very like Vim and just yeah. flat files. Like, I don't like need no IntelliSense. I guess I do use IntelliSense, but it's more of like a uh, pre-use uh, words, but it's mm-hmm. not really like, that's why I fall short with Python because trying to get those IntelliSense working with Vim, it can get kind of weird. You know, okay. that's why I like, like JavaScript is just JavaScript. It's like, you know, it's very simple. And I'm not going to lie, it's probably, it's too simple. And it has, 
it is dumbing my coding down, but I'm able to do the two different, you know, platforms, iOS and Android, having to right. maintain two different, you know, source codes. I mean, I get it. I mean, you're probably getting your apps are as good, you know, but you're at least getting stuff out and, and deployed, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but Cordova is pretty nice. Then, um, then you put it up in the cloud. Then Express.js is a good server. Good survey API. I've used um with Python. Are you a Python guy? Um, Pyramid. Oh Pylons. yeah. Yeah, that's, I, I like that. I did like that. Like very simple and like oh, great out the box. Very few lines of code to get going. Very low resource. You know, I did. I did. I did like that. Yeah, their templating language is uh, pretty cool too. Yeah, I, for, I forget exactly. I think it actually works with a few different templating languages, but. Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't Jinja that I was using. It actually, like, basically the templates would render inside the HTML. So it was like, uh, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, like full disclosure, mm-hmm. what was going on? You could just see it in the HTML. And then wow. if, and then if it didn't, um, like, if the template didn't render anything, it would just, it just wouldn't render. It wouldn't like break everything. <laughs> it just, it just wouldn't right. run. But mm. yeah, that's to to each their own, man. I mean, at the end of the day, like you're just trying to deliver value to your clients. And I mean, right. they don't care what your stack is, I guess. Yeah. Like they just want it to work. So right. yeah, that's I cool, agree. man. Th- thanks for sharing that. I, w- I was curious, um, how did pecan sales predict your future in <laughs> software <laughs> development? <laughs> wow, that's, that's a wonderful question. So uh, I think it was, you know, the question you put on, you know, on your uh, preliminary questions was when the, what changed your life? At what point, you know, you start looking at life completely different. Yeah. You know, and it was like in my, in first grade, like I've never, I've never been a school guy. Like I never was good with the school books, but I realized mm-hmm. what it was. It was just going too slow. I think a lot of developers are like that. We just, that's why a lot of people like code because it's going really, really fast. It's like, yeah. it's happening. It's like, and it's like, you can do, you can be creative with one line of code. It's like being able to do, Taking something from three lines of code to one line of code could be, that's like a turn on, you know? That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, real no, nerdy stuff. You know, because you're using your creativity. It's like, okay, how can I make, do this faster, you know? And then you're able to create something that can, or process to make that happen. So, yeah, in first grade, you know, I'm in, in first grade, whatever, not liking it. I remember those days, I was just like, oh, this school crap is depressing. <laughs> I didn't like it then. So <laughs> my grandmother, you know, she was um, a huge sales lady. She sold Mary Kay for many, many years, oh, still to this day. <laughs> she like been in one of the top of her region, and I was just like, nice. you know, um, I was playing in her backyard once. And she was like, you know, she had like this big pecan tree. So you know, you can like, you know, sell those pecans. I was like, what? Sell pecans? That's crazy. She's like, hmm. yeah, you can like, you know, sell them to your friends. I said, hmm, not a bad idea. So, <laughs> you know, I, I got a, a a pocket full of pecans. I go to school. And I started selling them and people were buying them. I was like, whoa, this is, this is weird. Crazy. You know, people are like buying nuts. You know, it's like, okay, <laughs> buying my pecans. And then my teachers started to buy them. Huh. And it was odd because when I saw my teachers reaching for money, they just did something to me. It's like, it's like the table was reversed, you know, because they're so used, yeah. so used to them giving orders and demanding you do this, do that, shut up, sit down. Then you had something and they were like going in their pockets. Crazy. And like, yeah. Right. So it was like, whoa, I have the power, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then, you know, but what happened, like, I guess it was getting really popular. I was 
making like a lot of change. And I was taking that change and going to buy candy with it. <laughs> like a whole bunch of candy. Just like, yeah, I'm loving this. Selling pecans. This is great. <laughs> Heck yeah. But no, then, that's... no, that's what happened. So what happened, they told me I couldn't do it no more. It was causing a distraction. <laughs> and I was pissed. Yeah. I was like, what? No, I can't do it anymore. And it was Damn. just like, I was like, I did not like that. I said, okay, I don't like that feeling of, of being told what yeah. I'm unable to do. You know, especially if it's like, it's like selling something that's like, you know, it wasn't, but I get it. I guess it's school, you know, it was like, okay, this is school. You know, you got to, you know, follow the rules and all that crap. Yeah. You know, so I'm okay. I get it. But, but what it showed me when I saw those teachers reaching for their pockets, you know, to buy my pecans, it is really, at the end of the day, it showed me, like, whoever got the balls got the power. <laughs> yeah. The nuts. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, no doubt. I, I messed and, up the joke. Yeah. No, that that's, uh, it, th- there's really something there, like, you could almost take it a level deeper, and it's like, you were arguably on to something at, like, the ripe age of, like, seven or whatever, right? right and uh, right. And they were, they literally, like, took your ship and turned it the other direction. And right. uh, we'll never know, you know, what what um what could have like transpired from that but i mean the fact that it sat with you i think is enough enough to recognize like it had an impact on you but wow like i mean it's it's just crazy man i don't i don't know if i want to go there but like the school kind of like robbed you of like something awesome you know a lot of us a lot of us i really feel like a lot of young boys like i think a lot of us we had opportunity to cash out and like go live on our own like in first, second grade, we would do it. We were like, man, I'm out. I can do this. I can do this stuff with my parents. Yeah. I, I can do this school. So I'd rather be like, we, we can have an opportunity where we can say, hey, you can go work and make enough money to have you somewhere to stay. You know, like, only thing is, we go to school because we can't take care of ourselves. Like, you know, we yeah. got to go home and eat to our parents. You know, they got to feed us and this and that. But we had a way of cash out. We were like, man, bump my parents and bump your school stuff. I'm going to play this video game all day. (laughs) (laughs) No, it it really, it really brings up the question though. Like, you know, could they have integrated some sort of like, like, is it crazy talk to have like an entrepreneurship program, you know, in, in like, uh, you know, great elementary school. Cause if people are showing tendencies towards something like that, like why wouldn't you, why would, you know, why wouldn't you encourage, you know, there was something that was uh, emerging there. I just, I don't know. I kind of, I don't yeah, have any kids myself, us. but. Mm. Well, you were there. That's in all of us, that creativity that just spur, you know, is like there and available, but it's just, you know, school is like very, like it has its ways, you know. I mean, yeah. I, I guess I get it because this is America, you know, it's been like this, you know, however long. So you got to kind of, you know, you got to kind of fit into the system, you know. That's why I like coding because you have a list of system, you have a system, you have rules. This is how you modify those rules and manipulate those rules, you know. Mm, yeah. so with code, you're able to do that, like, all day long and kind of be, you know, free thinking and always creating. Yeah, you know, man, when I sold those, when I sold those pecans, it was just like, okay, I know now I'm just, I just got to do my thing and I can, you know, you can change the table. The table can turn at any moment, you know. Right. At any moment, you know, those who got the power don't really have the power. But yeah. they do to a degree, but, you know, so. No, and you brought up that other good point about like having the courage and how important that is. Like, like you had this idea, you had the courage to go out there and do it and look at what happened. Like you, you started, uh, I don't know, there's so many lessons like compacted into that. Like just the like doers, doers are the one that win the game as far as I'm concerned. And that's exactly right. like you weren't like reading books on like how to sell. Like, no, you were like actually doing it 
And I think there's just a huge lesson in that. So anyway, thanks for sharing that story, man. It's freaking inspiring. And uh, I, I just, I love it so much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening, bro. No, yeah, no, no doubt. Now I was curious. Um, why do clients like to work with you? Um, probably cause I, I communicate, I, I kind of, you know, I can communicate it from like, you know, from like the entire process. And that can be too, what, I'm, what I've learned is that, you know, too much information can be bad. Now they know more. Now they're going to have wonder more. They're going to have more questions, you know, yeah. but just like really just showing them, you know, this is first step, second step, third step from a developer standpoint, because what's happened, like now you have a lot of companies where they're, they're not actually the developers. They outsource it, you know, to, you know, a lot of times, you know, India, you know, mm-hmm. those guys getting all the jobs. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to them though. It's all love. You know, I don't even just want to work, you know, but sure. So then they have a middle person here, you know, and, um, and so they really can't, when they communicate to the client, they really can't tell them exactly what's going on, you know, or being able to like express like, you know, the passion behind it of like, okay, this is the process, you know, because they're getting someone else to do it. So I'm able to explain the entire process and like show examples, you know, like, you know, really, they can really feel it and see that I know what I'm talking about. You know, I'm not much of a, you know, I don't like doing a lot of custom project in that it can be, it can, they can pull you a lot of different directions, you know. Mm. I made I made this consultant one time in oil in the oil industry. He was making like four hundred bucks an hour. He was killing it. Crazy. Three fifty an hour. Yeah, with the, working with the government. It wasn't government. It was more contracting, but it was dealing with all pipelines in, in the country. Like how to, you know, he, he's kind of upgrade the systems. And I think they were going from .NET to uh, Silverlight. And so he was one of the consultants, and he was like. He was just always saying, you can be an entrepreneur, make sure you have a product, you know, some type of product that kind of could be like your main moneymaker, you know, then you can do custom projects here and there. So that product I have now is like, it's the boss app. You know, it's pretty much my clients come, I kind of can give them something, you know, because I know a lot of them, they don't realize it's application development, it takes time and it can be very expensive. Mm. So what I've done, I've kind of taken a lot of their popular requirements that they'd be looking for most of the time and put it all into one app and I can like, lower the price and then they'll be able to maintain the modified app them, themselves be able to you know handle the control and operate it you know and drive it themselves Cause this day and age you do it yourself society people just want to be able to do it themselves i'll be right i've had clients they, they wanted to pay me more to teach them how to do it instead of just doing it <laughs> for them and it's like yeah. crazy like, they really think they can just learn how to code in the weekend like bro i've been doing this my whole life <laughs> <laughs> have a little respect for the uh the process right, I, I get it <laughs> But I, I mean, I'd be like, you know, I can't teach you an entire framework in the weekend. You know, I've been right. busting my ass with this for like years, you know. Yeah. But I, I, you got you to love the enthusiasm. And it's only because in this day and age, this age of information, where everybody want to know everything. Right. So information alone, that can be more profitable. Well, it is more profitable than actually the work itself. Hmm. I, actually, I, used to be in cor- I used to work corporate. I did corporate for 10 years, whatever. And retire. I guess I retired young. <laughs> I was like ten years, not even long. That was nothing. But I, just, but I remember they always said those consultants. They always was like, you know, yeah, the older you get, the less you're gonna code. I was like, I don't. I didn't like hearing that because I really like the code, you know. Right. Hmm. But it says older you get, you know, you you get more of you sell. You get more of a salesman, and there's more consulting that's going on. It's like less code. I was hmm. like, man, don't tell me that because I really like the coding side of it. So with this boss shop, I can really partner with my client and apply that customization that they're wanting, whatever particular feature, unique, you know, 
concept that they're looking for, I can apply mm. that and code it. And also, it saved me a lot of time in customization and a lot of, you know, having to redo a lot of things, that it being a pre-built system that's already in place. Because it consists of, like, a lot of layers. And mm. I got this kick-ass caching layer that's just a beast, man. Hmm. I'm proud of my back. I don't like bragging. It's just what it is. That thing is fast. <laughs> you, you ever write applications? That's one thing. It's like you start building your own applications. You start to see that using too many third parties can really slow you down because they don't fit and they're not customized for something you want to do in particular. You know, high, and it's really, that can be limiting, you know, because you can use a lot of, like, like, um, like your data, their data layer, you can use a lot of data adapters that's what .NET uses a lot, a lot of data adapters, where they do a lot of the work for you. But that kind of like, it, it doesn't fit into the customization a lot of times. Because hmm. it's like they're doing everything for you. You really don't know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> then when it comes to something like applying cash into that, you're really having to like, you know, jump through, you know, you know a lot of hurdles. But when you're doing hmm. everything from scratch, from like ground up, and languages like Python and, you know, JavaScript, you really can do that really build it from the ground up from scratch yeah, and have all those, those customizations. So you add things like caching and you know, your data access layer, you can do cool things with it, hmm. you know? So I'm able to be a nerd at the same time and do some consulting <laughs> so I can finesse them on that price. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, there's some major, uh, uh, just major gold or I don't, that's the only word I can think of right now. And what you just shared, like, like you've basically taken um, a service of like, application development productized it into something that's general enough where you can kind of like you can go to like the to the workout places or to the food places like what what is the variety of like like do you have you have people in those different niches and they're all like leveraging the same boss app basically right so that's the, that's the plan i'm gonna eventually open source the code you know, and then have like resellers in different industries all over the all over the world. Okay, just reselling to their target audience. You know, because it could be in India, it could be in Jamaica, it could be here in in, in the states. It could be the particular industries, and just customize it to fit those that particular ten thousand or fifty thousand people that's in the industry that need an app. But in two thousand nineteen, you're gonna need some type of app for your business, whatever it is. Right. You need some kind of like mobile, um, mobile because like you, you can really tell us this this is a different day and age because. If you ask somebody over 30 to do a search, you know, they're going to go to the web and do the search. But if they're under 25, they're going to go to the Play Store and do a search. Right. Find the information. You know, because we're dealing with like a different demographic and how people access information. Hmm. So you're going to need some type of app in the app store for your, any business. And this can go to any business. app can be applied to any business owner. You know, you just have your services and you have your products, you know, whatever, whatever yeah. one of those things or both you have. Man. Yeah, you're right. You know, yep. I like how you put it, man. I like to use well. So, you know, we got to we got to balance out the interview. I want to hear, you know, let you speak to the audience as well. You know, so the Python. I love the name, the um, profitable Python. <laughs> hey, I like the energy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all about monetizing our skills, man. I feel like, I feel like there's so much gets lost in, like what you know, like what did we originally get into this for? We're trying to make some cash, mm. add some value, right. and there's not enough. There's not enough of that talk going on. I don't, I don't think actually people know how to monetize their skills um, mm. and they're not living their full potential, man. So um, I'm, I'm not trying to get down on people. I just, I want to be a, an agent of change. Mm, I like that. I like that. My ex, what's your, what's your Zodiac? Uh, my Zodiac? I'm a, 
Aquarius. February. February. Okay, cool, cool. Okay. Nice, nice. I'm a Virgo. Excellent. You know, different spectrums. But, you know, like how, you you know, you're able to, you're right. Um, It's getting lost. A lot of people just coding this to be coding. And that's cool, but we got to pay the bills, you know, especially as we get older. You know, the yeah. lot of us, you know, we just throw in the flag and just go get that job, you know, and sit in the cubicle, you know, have to, you know, work on that same window system for 10 years and never actually do anything. Yeah. <laughs> they're having meetings every day and, and waterfall and water just falling off. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, then, it's cr- like, you know, uh, even the tutorials out there, it's like, it's like, uh, I, I want some real world land stuff. I don't want any of this like right. uh, textbook land stuff. And, uh, there's just, um, I mean, there's some good resources out there, but I just think the world could stand to have like a little more, uh, at least in like the, the programming world, like, like we're, we're problem solvers. Let's, uh, let's solve some real problems. Stop making blackjack games and, you know, just tic-tac-toe and calculator apps and stuff. Like I get it. It's good, but man, like, like you can actually, you know, value yourself and then go out there and monetize your skills. And, uh, right. actually, and that was a question I had for you is like, how do you, how do you determine the, the value when you go and interact with your clients? Like, is the, is there some sort of algorithm in your, in your brain? Like when you're, um, you know, sizing yourself up for the project, like, like how do you go through that whole like mental process? There, there are many ways, you know, because it's really, I mean, it's, it's good and bad when it comes to that because, I mean, I'll, I'll answer the question one way would be, you know, it's kind of a bad thing for people to see that I did it so they can say they can talk me down. It's like getting it from the source, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you're the guy that actually made it, so you're charging them $1,000. You're not going to charge me that. <laughs> yeah, but it took you, you know, you know 20,000 hours or something years. to get it to well, that point. Longer than that, man. A lot of <laughs> heartaches, a lot of relationships, bro. Relationships, <laughs> yeah. pain, debts. Yeah, you know, a loss of, of resources, shoot, oh, father time, a, a lot, you know. But it's like, I mean, you got to sacrifice. You got to, you're not, you got to play in the game, you know. How you gonna be playing it, you know? So, and really, you know, when I, you know, um, so another way of answering that question is just really seeing that it's really not money you're um wanting, but you really want that customer interaction, getting that customer's attention because it's so much out here. You know, mm-hmm. people got so many, so many options to choose from. You get it, you get five customers. That's that you're doing something. You know, it's like whoa, this is really hard. Cause some people go out, people go out of business every day. You know, yeah. it's hard to get one customer. You see a lot of stores, they get like hardly any traffic. You know, so yeah. getting any kind of business is good. Then once you see you have that business, you get them to spend one dollar. I'm, I'm learning that as long as you keep that that relationship good. They'll spend ten dollars, fifty dollars, a hundred dollars. Mm. As long as it's good and it's open and, it's, and you communicate what's going to process, they'll spend. They will become like a life partner, you know. So yeah. I to work with people that you know they have a, a source of of money coming in, whether it be from an investor or a job, or you know, um, you know, they just have some savings and they want to get an app, and they just apply, you know, payments, you know, weekly or you know, biweekly. However, we negotiate, you know. So then communicating to them what's going on and let them know what's happening and then make them make them a part of the journey of their own app. Hmm. They like that, you know, instead of just like, here it is. Yeah. And they they got some what, skin what, in the what, game. Exactly. And then now they know see what's really going on behind the scenes. So they need to invest more. They know or they need to like, you know, do less here. They know 
you know. Mm-hmm. So really, it's really brought down to communication. That's like a lot of things I've learned about. And I guess with the whole thing is you get older, you do more talking, more teaching, which is like, ah, uh, the developer. You know, we love the code. We just like <laughs> not like to be bothered. <laughs> you know, leave me alone. Right. Like three days. Because, <laughs> bro, man, you'd be surprised how many people can't sit in the room by themselves for like 10 minutes. Right. You know what I'm saying? I like, just can't be in the house for like 20 minutes. Like, they got to be around other people or talking. Or... Coders, man, we could be on the computer for like days. It's like, <laughs> leave me alone. You know, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. But the clients want more of you. So that's, it right. makes sense to kind of, I mean, if you're trying to make money and stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're right. No, that's probably perfectly right. No, that's that's really cool, man. I I got a question for you about um, what it's going to take to get you like a hundred plus clients in the next five years. Like, what is what would be like your main focus that you'd be attacking if you had to like narrow it down? I mean, you know, it goes back to me being old school, man. I'm just going to just I want to say beating this to my clients, but I'm going to make them eat it. You know, I don't want to be <laughs> so sound so, you know, like harsh about it but it's really like you know you just like you know um just getting out there just getting it in their face you know like, hey try this I'm giving out free copies you know say, hey let me give you a free copy and you just play with it you know let's right. play for a week couple of weeks and then they say wow this is really impacting my life and yeah. i like it now i want to i want to purchase it and i'm going to tell somebody else about it that helps the process your practice easier because now they're you know doing your marketing for you Cause like netflix and those big companies they just buy like a million email addresses from some uh, email list, you know, and they just spam you, <laughs> force mm. you to say, hey, try this product out. You know, they just spamming a million people. Yeah. That, a million, a, a, a million email list probably costs, you know, $80,000, you know, or $100,000 for that list. I don't have that just for a list of emails. And test that, that. Yeah. So, you know, just really getting it, giving out free samples, just really hitting the street with it, you know, just going door to door, like old school, you know, just really, Man, making that relationship to people. Man, I I I love so much what you're saying there. Literally, like when it comes to like building the personal relationships, like if if I'm hearing you loud and clear here, it sounds like you've just got to be fearless when it comes to going out there, like confidence in yourself and and building these relationships. Like there is no shortcuts here, folks. Like you just got to get out there, be confident in your product, and I mean you got to put it in front of them and even in the confidence to give it away for free or like elements of it so they can get their hot little hands on it and start playing around with it. Right. Cause there's so much out here, man. It's so much, you know, Mm -hmm. in Google, you know, they're freaking giving out everything for free. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't matter time for they be my competition. Cause you know, cause they, they wasn't in the analytics. They wasn't even going to do the Gmail. Like they were just going to strictly search, strictly search, get all the other stuff. Now they, I mean, the analytics, man, they say before, you know, like Google Analytics, they said before a monthly subscription to that was like 25 grand. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was something gosh. crazy. Holy like cow. Like, they gave away for free. It was like oh, it was something wow. ridiculous. But then our analytics is free right now. It's like a free tool. And it's like, it's a monster, though, boy. It's a beast of a tool. Yeah. You know, but like, before the company sold it to Google, it was like, you know, a huge subscription people were paying just to huh. use that same software. And even with their, their Gmail and like, man, they got so they got note taking apps now. I mean, Google just like they just Google, Amazon, they just taking over the planet slowly. Man, <laughs> mm, yeah, tell yeah, me about it, you know. So yeah, you've so got to figure out. Way to look at it, yeah. Oh, go ahead, man. Sorry for sorry for interrupting there. Go ahead. Um, I just want to include with um, they just they just 
take over. You know, they buy you out or they just offer something for free to, right. the, to the you know to the public. So yeah, yeah, yep, yep. something else, man. I and I it makes sense what you're doing though. Like that's uh, it still is effective. It's a little more hard work. Like I've done in, in my past life, I've done like door to door sales and uh, like, there's nothing glorious about mm. it. I've gotten dogs like chasing after me. I've got the cops <laughs> called on me for like casing the joint type thing. And like mm. literally I was selling books door to door and man, it was uh, it was, it was character building. It was humbling. Mm. But I tell you what, like as a, as a human, I felt like I grew so much like those. Wow. I mean, that's how you build a business from scratch. Um, mm. I mean, I, you, you, you don't need me preaching that to you. You're, you're living it, but for everyone else out there listening, like this is not a, this is not, um, he's trying to drop some knowledge on you folks. So I hope you're hearing it loud and clear. Yeah. You know, um, we all got a purpose and a mission here, you know, like all those ideas we get as a children, those dreams we have, like they're put there for a reason for us to go fulfill them. You know, yeah. it's like, it's going to be a hell of a journey in the process. And like, you know, having that nice job and you know comfy house it's cool that's mm-hmm. your lane you know but if you have like other you have other ambitions and other special specialties you know you really gotta go at it because if not it's gonna eat at you you know for not doing mm-hmm. it, you know yeah so, you know it's a double-edged sword yeah it, it makes a lot of sense man hey i had a question for you about uh what makes a good workshop because i know you do workshops right right all right, so what makes a good one is primarily, um, you know, just, I really, okay, I get, one workshop that we have is uh, uh, how to build a themeforest.net website from scratch. So, you know, that's an entire workshop. It, it consists of nine levels, and it's primarily, you know, one work, the first workshop is pretty much an introductory, explaining, okay, what is themeforest.net? And themeforest.net is like the number one source to buy pre-built web templates. Okay. You know, they have affordable templates from like ten to like forty-five bucks is the average price. A lot of these templates are like high, high quality. Work is already done. The website is already there. Pictures, colors is just the whole site is built. <laughs> Crazy. You, know, you got to next apply your backend, which would rather be PHP, Python, JavaScript, whatever you want to use to you know access and making it live. So the entire workshop is pretty much just walk people, you know, step by step on how to you know. Browse through themeforest.net, mm-hmm. you know, look for a template, pick a template, research the template, you know, then download the template and that whole process right there. That's like a, you know, for a lot, that's like a, you know, huge steps, you know, yeah. but the color is like, okay, it's pretty straightforward, you know, but that right there is like a lot, you know, you know, but it makes you get to research, the, you know, you make sure you don't, you don't get a WordPress template, but there's a difference. You have your WordPress templates on there. You got your, your Drupal, your Drupal templates, which is the weirdest. CMS, <laughs> hmm. but it's like used by millions. Then you know <laughs> you have placed, you know, straight uh, HTML files. That's templates as well. So I, I tend to go with the straight HTML. And, okay. You know, like build it from scratch, and then once they have it downloaded into their machine, telling them which tools to use to go about applying it. You know, making it live. You know, teach them about something like unzipping a file. A, a file. Mm-hmm. A lot of people never done that before. Like some, sometimes unzip, open up a zip file hmm. and see your files and then what are those files and what consists of each file. You know, it's really it's taking the one-on-one workshop with them. And then that's kind of how I got started. It's like you got to have something in. When you, when you become good at anything, you got to kind of have a, a direction you're going, you know. So if you have this pre-built website, 
now all you got to do is just, you have this fight, you just got to make it work. Mm. You know, and it's like, it's kind of like, it's like coders, we love looking at other people's code. You know, it's how we get going. <laughs> yeah. So we're the king of copy paste. I, I'm the king of copy paste. I was once that. <laughs> copy paste was, I'm a keynote all yeah. day long. Um, then you start to, you know, come more seen, you can walk on your own, you can do stuff from scratch more, but in there, you know, as you're getting going, man, looking at other people's code, that saves you a lot of time. Yeah. And you learn a you know, ton too. Right. So, you know, then having workshops like that, another one's like, you know, how to utilize the doc box. The doc box is a Linux uh, operating system or uh, distro that certified coders provide, you know, just, you know, the different tools that comes with that. Right. Different scripts, uh, how to, how to install it, you know, how to get any, cause you know, with Linux, you can get any old computer, like any, any computer, mm. old machine, new machine, and then download Linux and then just be able to install it on that machine. So that process and teaching people how to come a full stack Linux developer, like, Hey, and I say that, um, a Linux full stack developer, like that's what I tell myself, but it's like, it's, that's really like a whole new lane. Like it's not even a job title. And how I know it, there was like, I, like recruiting a recruiter's car, like we never heard of a Linux full stack developer, <laughs> you know, yeah. so making I mean, more people Unix phone. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, I mean, it makes a lot of sense though for developers to kind of go that route. My, I mean, just me personally, I like the, uh, I've kind of been like stuck on Windows like a majority of my life, but I really like the Windows subsystem for Linux. Um, mm. Like that, the whole Docker situation I was telling you about, it works really well on WSL. And right. uh, so it makes a lot of sense that you would call yourself the, a Linux full stack developer. I mean, if you're trying to make things easy on yourself and develop in the environment that you deploy on because you're using right. AWS. Exactly. I mean, it just makes a lot of sense. Right. So. Right. You know, and like, um, it's like with the Linux founder, uh, Linus Trivaldo, I think that I always mess up his last name. Linus, his name was Linus, but he was a creator of Linux. And he says that one of the things is that developers love working on tools that they're comfortable with, you know, and I used to hate mm -hmm having to use windows and go back to Linux. It's like, uh, or like, you know, you have a job and you, they have pre-built frameworks there or tools there and you got to do things their way. It's like so annoying, you know, it's like, ah, uh, I don't like using like their way of doing things. You know, it's not right. Yeah. I mean, it's okay for a little while, but I mean, you really, as you get older, you're like, okay, you see a better way of doing something. And mm. maybe it's a grumpy old coder thing, <laughs> but that, that's that, you know, <laughs> No, that's why they be testing us two for two, right, bro? In the interviews, they be saying, "Okay, let me let's see how crazy this guy is." Yeah, <laughs> to just push your buttons a little bit, <laughs> right? See where you go. Like you know, you're, you're a developer. Don't like change, and you're not gonna last that long because, like, yeah. um, you know, or like, or you're not you you used to doing things your way, you know. Um, but it is some senior guys who just prefer, man. But that's a job title for that they call those guys though, like all the the language developers. Some like some super year super developer, or it's some really senior senior level title. It's on Wikipedia, huh. and they ca call those guys. Um, man, I have no so idea. Yeah, so but but they're using Linux, but like using it for like your desktop and using it for your application development, mm -hmm. and then using it to actually deploy, you know, in the, your server environment as well. So you're just yeah. fully Linux, and then it's like you're, you're using less resources, it's cheaper. Windows licenses for like Windows, you know, server is expensive. Yeah. SQL Server, you know, database is expensive. You know. Man. It just it's adds insane. up, you know. Yeah. 
but the all Linux stuff is free. You know, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, you, know, you can't get around free. It's so, crazy. Like some of the world's smartest people are making like, like the Postgres database. And then like, you've got the Mongo. I'm, I come from a yeah. really strong database background. So whenever okay. we start talking about that stuff, I just get all crazy, but. Well, you see, you SQL Oracle. Uh, SQL. Like I actually started okay. out on SQL server and I've, okay. uh, I've become more kind of uh, like, I'm really liking the open source side of things since I just seen like the price tags. Uh, like right, right. SQL Server is just insane. Like I work for an oil and gas company right now. So okay. like they, I mean, I don't want to say that they can, aff- that they like, you know, just because they they're in that business, they can afford it. But I mean, it's just, it's freaking expensive. I don't, I mean, like there's a huge cost savings by leveraging these um, open source frameworks. Mm. and open right. source databases and yeah there's a huge cost savings so you do you do like stored procs say that again oh stored procedures yeah 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 i'll work yeah, with that, that. um like i tr- i try uh like i do a lot of stuff on the server side um mm-hmm. but ultimately it's like we we've got a we've got all kinds of stuff set up there like uh we've got spreadsheets attached to the database and then we're kind of migrating stuff to the cloud right now too so it's like it's definitely a, um, like a transitional thing, but uh, stored procedures, um, just uh, data warehousing, um, even just like connect. I do a lot of work with Microsoft Access, actually, if you can believe mm-hmm. that, and VBA. Right. <laughs> some people mm-hmm. don't even recognize that as like a programming language, right. but dude, I get some serious work done with VBA. Yeah, it's like a little micro database, like a little micro. It you is. get a lot done. You keep it under yeah. two gigabytes, you can get a lot of work done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because, you know, but let's store approximate and SQL, I mean, that, that can, it can become some rocket science stuff at times. Like, yeah. you know, like some those long state, like long procedures, like, you know, five pages long, like what the freak is going on? <laughs> yeah. You know, no, no doubt, man. There's, uh, and then like the whole indexing and getting the, mm. getting everything optimized for uh, queries. And I think that's where Mongo really comes into play because it's got, I mean, it's super performant. I, I haven't spent as much time with that as the uh, structured databases like SQL, but um, I mean, a lot of people are just getting a lot of value out of MongoDB. And I like how it shards. I like that whole concept how, um, like, I don't think SQL databases can shard like Mongo does. So I've been trying to branch out. All right. That's cool. Well, I know um, MongoDB, they gave a big F you to the um, SQL statement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. MongoDB is like, you get by ID. It's like, that's like, you know, you're trying to write something like something complex and Mongo is like, it gets, it doesn't even let you do it. It's like, okay, it's getting confusing now. <laughs> Yeah, like it's, it's meant to be simple, like get by ID or, you know, get by name. It's like, you, like the whole process behind the approach to it is like to keep it as simple as possible, mm. you know, and that's, that's a good thing, you know, because it's right. like databases, can get, they can get made like yeah. you know, 20 rows, 20 columns, all type of, you know, um, indexing. It can get crazy, but like MongoDB, they force you to keep it real simple. I like oh. have the ID there and you just grab it by ID. It's like it's not any real sorting going on, you hmm. know. It's, it's real simple and clean. Um, yeah, it's just pretty. It's pretty dynamic. It, uh, um, Linux works great as well. 
Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I need to dig in to, to more of that stuff. I was curious, uh, like when is like the earliest you think that we could start teaching people about Unix and well, I guess like, like, you know, getting used to that sort of operating system, like could we do it in grade school or like, what is your perception of, of that? I mean, any, any time, like it, 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 first the person has to show interest though. Like they have to want to, you know, really, you know, have an interest in this cause it is nerdy. I mean, you're going to be using a computer, you know what I'm saying? You don't like yeah. using a computer, it's going to be tough, you know? So it's like getting that whole process done, you know? So it's like as soon as possible, you know, because it's very like Unix and with the bash and the command prompt, you're really telling the computer what you want it to do. So you're like, it's speaking to it, you know, through your keyboard. Yeah. You're not having to raise your wrist a lot because, you know, with like bash and, um, you know, Linux, everything is command prompt and, you know, or bash. You know, you yeah. type it out. So you're not really using a lot of mouse. And that mm-hmm. can save time having to move your wrist and your mouse. We move your wrist over to the mouse and open up back and forth like times 5,000. You know, it's like it can like really slow you down, but you're only on the keyboard the entire time. That can really speed up development. And as you become more senior in development, you're going to want to just stay on the keyboard. And what's funny, I didn't learn how to type until like a few years ago. That okay. shit was like, oh my God. That was one of the <laughs> hardest things I had to do in my entire life was learn how to type. Really? That wow. shit, that shit, man, pulled something <laughs> out of me, man. That just was like, whoa. That was a, a one finger pecker for like my whole life. Just one <laughs> one finger pecker, I kill it with one finger. Like everything, like super fast. Yeah. And then um I said, Let me learn how to type. Let me just try. Right. Man, that junk was so <laughs> you really reaching your way. It's like these old bad habits, like all these bad habits you haven't just like forget about. Yeah. So it's like it's like a cleansing almost too. It's like you know, <laughs> it's like getting baptized. It's like you know, you've been doing it wrong for so long. This is how you're supposed to do it. Yeah, man, and that's you like yourself. That's mm-hmm. so. So once you learned uh, or got proficient with that, I mean, you're you're probably like ten times more just uh, of uh, effective as a developer. Or yeah, way more effective. Like way when. Cause then, I, too, when you're pecking, you have to look down at the keyboard. So you got to be in a lit room. Right. You got some kind of light on. Cause you have to you have to look down, and see what you're typing. But now it's just like my eyes <laughs> closed. You know, anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, a whole lot done. Yeah, I I, I, I did become way more proficient. I start now. All I do is look for keyboard commands. Like I, all my all my entire desktop is based around keyboard. Like okay, everything with a click of a, a few keys. You know, it was like very click. I, I very I don't use a whole lot of the mouse, but I do. I mean, because I, I, you get lazy, you know, so you got to use the mouse. Yeah. But it's like, you know, I, I really do a lot of things with the keyboard. And you see, as you, as you as then you got your headphones on, you're in the zone. You know, you got your little Jack Daniels. <laughs> 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 you just really, you know, you no know, tune zoomed in, you know. So. Nice. Yeah, yeah I, I love how you snuck that in there. Uh, like uh, basically, the uh, the mouse is for kind of like the lazy people that don't want to. <laughs> Yeah, but we, we all get like that, though. I mean, yeah. it's a good tool. Cause I, I was reading the, the, Vim, the Vim founder. He was saying that, you know, mm-hmm. like, people ask him, do you use the mouse? Because, you know, he wrote Vim. He was like, yeah, you got, I use the mouse because it, it is a good tool. It, it is a good tool. It's like, we could do things with a click, you know, and that sometimes is like, you know, being out of a headache, you know, like, yeah. click, you know. <laughs> no, I, I uh, yeah, the sh- keyboard shortcuts, like, I know working with Microsoft Excel as like an engineer is just the, the shortcuts really help. And I never really dug mm-hmm. into Vim, but you're not the first 
person that's kind of talked real highly of it. And I guess you can be a lot more productive. It makes sense if your hands never leave the keyboard. So mm -hmm. right. Certainly something you to check some out. Magic in Excel. Like I know you can do some magic with Excel, man. Magic Excel is a beast too. Yeah. It's never going mm -hmm. away as much as we mm. <laughs> <laughs> Microsoft is, uh, they have certainly inserted themselves into the world like no other. But, but I agree, man. But it's like for them, to, what they had to go through to get here because like people don't look at the other side of Bill Gates, right? Like you have like haters like locally, right? Like you may got haters in your neighborhood or at the schoolyard or something. Yeah. But imagine having, having the government as your biggest hater. Like <laughs> yeah, the wow. government is trying to like rearrange your entire company. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> Like that, that's beef. That's like, you know, drama. It's like, whoa, like the fucking yeah. government. And that's what they did. You remember that whole thing, you know, it was like uh, government against Microsoft, you know? I need to do my homework, man. I, I, I guess I don't recall that. Yeah, it was like, um, you know, because they were getting too big at one point. They were just getting way too big. And oh, the government okay. wanted to come in and just break each, each department up into smaller pieces. And Holy they want to know all about the business, you know? So that can be stressful. You know, it's like, whoa, like. These, this government is not like you know somebody yeah. you can say you can turn away from this is like actually you know like they're stressed at that time maybe they, they did start it from nothing but it's like they did do the whole monopoly thing and they did kind of you know force them their way i mean they i mean they you know cut deals with like you know vendors and dell and tell people yeah. not to use linux and say we'll give you decrease to use only use windows so i mean it's double-edged so it's like it's business and the other end it's, it's unfair it's just like but then, hey, they're never knowing that their family has to work again. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's like so many ways of looking at it. You know, it's like, you know, so. Yeah, I can I can agree with that. There's uh, there's definitely something to learn from that, though. I I um I want to do more homework on it. it. Sounds like a really cool story. Um, yeah. I I had a question for you about cryptocurrency. Is it an eye roller to you, or is it a game changer? Um, I mean, it's it's a game changer. Uh, it definitely has a lot of value. I don't I have not done a lot with it. You know, the, the Bitcoin energy is, is, is good, you know, but it just, I think it's very, it's very infancy right now. Yeah. It's trying to balance the, the dollar is so embedded in humans, you know, it's like dollar, like a dollar thing. It's like, it's like food to us, you know, it's like mm. we've been so used to it for so many generations and just walking away from it, you know, I mean, but change is good. I do see the concept of Bitcoin. I like it. You know, it makes sense. Like, but it's really a way of trading value and, and, and keeping the amount, you know, like what the value of that item was. So it's just the same as like trading dollars for something. Now you're just trading, you know, currency. So I see the perspective and the point of, but people are so stuck to that, that cash, you know, to that, that you know, to their, their bank yeah. account, you know, the whole new, Maybe, maybe like, you know, a generation from now, probably a whole different, you know, but it's something different to invest into, you know, I'm a fan of it. Yeah, I get, <clears throat> I get a whole range of reactions from people when I mention it. So I just, now I just ask it on every show. I'm curious, like, uh, just to see the perspectives. I mean, some I've heard, I, I mean, I've just heard so many different viewpoints and it's really interesting. So thanks for sharing. Um, what are your thoughts on it? What do you, how do you feel about it? I, I think it's a, it's a great technology. Um, everything that, that I understand about it, just how it's like anti-inflationary, like that's kind of a crazy concept. Um, I, I think it's kind of cool how 
it's like a universal thing. So, um, I mean, I just think about like when I move my money from like my checking account to my brokerage account, it takes like five days or something. It's like, it's, mm. it's, it's almost the year 2020. Like that sort of transaction with Bitcoin would be like less than 30 minutes. And you, and with wow. Bitcoin, you can move, you know, $50 billion in wow. the same amount of time. And uh, just getting back to the whole thing, like when you were in first grade and they were like telling you what to do and you're like, I don't want to be told what to do. Like nobody <laughs> can tell you what to do with your Bitcoin. Like you, own it. yeah. it's a, from a property ownership perspective, like there's um, like where I live up in the, in the four corners here, there's a huge native American uh, uh, like the, the like um, reservation basically. And so one of, one of the arguments that I've heard about why there's such a, such a huge swing in the uh, wealth in, in the Navajo nation is basically that there's the, the, there's no, um, like you can't own a property there basically. So like that's kind of, that's kind of fundamental to wealth building is owning property. And the fact that you can, you know, own property basically with, um, and, and, and strictly only have to protect private keys. I mean, it's freaking amazing. Like I, mm. I think it's amazing, but yeah, I could agree with you. Maybe we're a little too early, you know, uh, cash is King still like, like the actual cash. Right. <laughs> so I, I could argue it both ways, I guess. Right. But True. from a web developer's perspective, I mean, there's a whole, there's a whole opportunity there. Have you looked into that at all? Yeah. Like with, with, uh, um, there's like actual web browsers that are, what, uh, like the Ethereum blockchain has like web browsers that, that work with Ethereum and you can like, wow. there's like games, I guess, like people are playing for keeps basically. Wow. Uh, yeah, like mining while you're playing and you use it, you use it. Well, they're literally something along the lines of like, um, like first person shooters, but like literally like when I get like a, you know, like a headshot, like I like get some of your money, like you're literally playing for keeps mm. and it's all like, I don't know. I, I, I might not it's know enough. To, mm. it, yeah. It's like, um, there's a lot of use cases like that popping up where, um, apparently there there's like a demand for blockchain programmers to make the web apps that work with the ethereum blockchain wow so interesting yeah i get all wild when i start talking about this stuff i better tone it down <laughs> <laughs> no it's all it's good energy though i mean it's what it is because um yeah. it's, where, it's where things are going and like you know it's really being able to also everything you're doing your output that you're doing is going to like actual good in value, you know, so now you somebody, you can use a browser while you're playing games, you're like also building value. <laughs> yeah. Doing those things, you know, instead of just like wasting time, as they say, you know, playing those, doing those things, you know, so like, it's like, you're benefiting from it. Yeah. So there's, plus, plus. there, there's other applications too that I've heard about. Like my, uh, one of my extended, uh, extended family members, like they were having an issue with getting like their doctor's records from like one place to the other. And there was like a chain of doctors because you got to go see the general person before you go to the specialist or whatever. And it's just like complete nonsense. Just like moving money from my bank account to my stock account takes a ridiculous five days. Getting those wow. medical records from one doctor to the next 
takes just a ridiculous amount of time. And so there's like some wow. projects out there right now built on the Ethereum blockchain that just removes all of that. Like they're claiming wow. it could drop medical expenses by like 40% because there's all Whoa. this paperwork. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, there's, I mean, if you could be an innovator in this space, I feel like it's, I mean, it, it's, it's the sense. next. Thank you for saying Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, yeah, I got some energy on this. <laughs> oh, I like that. You know, guys like a whole different way of like, you know, transferring information, this whole blockchain. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, then it's like you're adding to it. Interesting. And it's super yeah. secure too. People need to probably mm. learn about security a little more. Like you'll be forced mm. into it or we'll develop technology around just figuring out how to make it more secure. But basically like, I'm the only one that can sign with my token. So like you can guarantee those are my medical records because I'm the only one that can mm. sign them with my private key. So I think it's, wow. anyway, I'm, I, I digress. This episode sense. is about you, man. I'm, I'm getting all wild <laughs> over here. <laughs> no, it's balanced. You know, you got to balance it, you know? Yeah, no, this, is, I, this has go. been fun, man. Like a conversation between old friends, man. Like this has been great. I've yeah. really enjoyed this. I think developers, we got a lot in common, you know, we're just simple dudes who like to build and create and like to be left alone, you know, because I feel like we have, <laughs> yeah. like, purpose, you know, like, we got something to do, it's like, we have this project to make. You can't yeah. see it now, but it's like, it's being, it's being, you know, put together in my head. <laughs> yeah. And, Man. you know, it's like, you know. Mm-hmm. Yo, carry on. Yeah, I, uh, I was, I was agreeing with you there. Because it's like, you know, um, because it, it keeps you out of trouble, too. It's like, because it's like, I mean, just dealing with people sometimes in, in the world, it's like, you know, that's like one element dynamic, but like dealing with like code, you know, and like your, your project, you know, that's like a relationship yeah. as well, you know, and it's like, and one thing with code is never going to change, you know, and it's like, it's, it's, it's like this for the next 10 years. And it's this every time it's like not, not emotionally involved. Yeah. You know, it's like your code is broken. It's like, it's, it's particularly broken for a reason. You can go to that spot and you'd be able to fix it. Mm-hmm. You know, when we, relationships sometimes go crazy, it's like, what just happened? <laughs> yeah. You're like, you know, <laughs> clueless and what's going on like personal relationships with, like with people but when it comes to code it's like a different dynamic of relationship you know mm. so um yeah, yeah it's sense. love yeah but you know so i think developers around you know we have that that, that, that thing in common with us you know that kind of that um how we how we are how our process like we very we can like see into the future mentally and that's like a, a um way of of access information yeah, that's I'm not sure. That's definitely like part of the is, fun. <laughs> so mm. I got a couple more questions here for you. Are we doing good on time? I, I we've definitely gone over our hour, but uh, that's cool. Yeah, I was uh, I was curious. What is the uh, biggest lesson that you have learned on getting clients? Um, we need some help. Okay, cool. Um. Biggest lesson, uh, you know, um, just just really like knowing it. I mean, it's, it's good to say no at times because it's like you don't want to like um, make this person hate you for not, you know, being able to do something, you know, that you. Because that's why I think I walked away from corporate America. It's like I wasn't happy in, in working on those projects with those, you know, they paying you and this and that, but it's like. I feel like I was wasting their time, you know. I feel like the energy wasn't being utilized right. You know, I'm not happy here. 
I don't really want to be working on this stuff. Why am I wasting their time? You know, let me just go do my own thing. You know, work on the yeah. stuff that, that, you know, that's actually going to, you know, like have a meaning of, of, of love and energy of good, positive vibes to it, you know? So that's what it boils down to. So just like learning to tell clients that, Hey, I can't handle that type of project right now. It's going to take me in the wrong direction or, you know, being able to like communicate that early on for, you know, thousands of spent. <laughs> now then they hate you and they're going to write a smear campaign about you, you know? So I, I've been on that road. It's like, uh, uh-uh. you know, jobs is like, Oh, you know, you're like, you know, you're trying to like, you know, like serving two masters, you know? So it's like, um, you're going to commit to something, make sure you commit to it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yep. Yeah, so I just, that's why learning I when picky. to say no, you said? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's... And that's, that's you know, because we're, we're nice guys, too. Like, we're pretty nice. We're pretty, because, like, we think we can do everything. Yeah. But, like, we're not Superman, you know? We can't, we really can't do everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this stuff takes time, <laughs> you know? Then you got the whole life thing and that drama and, you know, fucking internet is down or, you know... <laughs> oh, man, I've been having woes lately, man. I bought this freaking i3, man. I'm about to make it a Frisbee, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Bro... Like, don't ever buy an i3. Like, I don't care if it's if one computer left, it's $10. Just keep it there. Like, let that thing <laughs> sit. It's like, man, it's like, oh, boy. It's like, it's shut my development town down. I had a desktop for a while, and it's i5. It's, it's okay. Yeah. I'm researching laptops, and I, I went with this newer i3, and it's just like, oh, man, it's just the worst. Huh. Crazy. So it, you know, so, yeah. So, i5s are better. <laughs> I seven preferably, you know, but they're a little pricey. But Mac, yeah. you, you have you your Mac guy, Windows. Uh, I got a Mac and I got a PC, but um, it, especially yeah. for the podcasting, like I just gravitate towards my PC, especially since they've got that Windows subsystem for Linux on Windows Ten. Man, it's like uh, I mean, I I'm I'm having a really hard time trying to figure out why I would actually use anything else, but I think that could just be some ignorance speaking there too, but. I'm I'm pretty happy camper on Windows 10 with WSL. Mm, yeah, well, yeah, Windows 10 is pretty dope. You know, it it, it, it nails it with that one. Then the yeah. Mac Mac is just sexy, man. I'm thinking just like, <laughs> how you, you know, that thing is just sexy. Now, how you can have the the ten, like instances going, like you know, you can have like multiple like uh, uh, virtual environments within it, and it's just okay all running seamlessly. You know, that that's that's pretty that's pretty nice. Macs are sexy. They just they're pricey. Man, you just pay that extra for it. Yeah. I'm going to have to dig into it a little more. I just picked, <clears throat> I got a, uh, it, it's like an older model, uh, MacBook pro. Mm-hmm. I think it's from like 2013 or something, but I mean, the thing is still kicking butt and, uh, right. yeah, it's, I'm, I'm going to get, it's going to take some time to learn about it, but, uh, I figured it's probably a good thing to check out. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Oh, yeah. so I was, I was wondering, um, is there like a non-technical book that you think is like the most important book? Yeah, the um, the Alchemist. The Alchemist. Yeah, it's classic. That's the only book that ever made me cry. Okay. Yeah, read it in like ten, like I read it in like two hours, I think. Had me in tears. Huh. Very deep, very simple, very simple story. Um, it was about a little boy on, looking for his purpose in life. You know, he goes through all these different obstacles. You know, but. It's a great, simple, great story. The Alchemist. Uh, Pablo, I can't think of his last name. Calhou, hmm. I think. It's, it's a good read. Very simple story. And the author itself, his story, his background. 
Um, he started writing books when he in like in the mid thirties, but he did the um, the Silk Road, the, like the walk from like um, all through Europe through China, like it's like across the whole Europe or um, that. What is that? What is that part of the world on the map continent? Like the yeah, eastern, Asia, not like through through Asia and Europe. Right through Asia and Europe. So like there's like a, a walk you can do. Okay. He did that. He just opened up. He just all of a sudden became an author. Huh. I think he was he was he was toying with it, you know, thinking about doing it. But after he did that walk, kind of just opened him up, and one of his <laughs> one of his highest selling books was like Alchemist. Awesome, yeah, I got you it know. up right now. It's uh, Paulo Colho or something like that. C O E L H. Right. Yeah, very simple read. Right, it's about young young boys on finding this path and his life, his road in life, and it has like a lot of biblical features in it, a lot of biblical things, uh, Islamic as well. You know, because it's one of those core stories of like, you know, of that, that manhood, the alphahood, you know, that, you know, mm. boys, we go through. And it's all, it's all the same, you know, like, you know, you know, having to bump your head, having to step out on your own, you know, yeah, having to have a little, you know, little confidence in yourself, you know, but it's, it's a good read. Then also, that's that, that spiritual part, because there's also a part that's here helping us, you know, because it's like. Mm-hmm. That that's if you're a developer, you know that because code it just works. Like you know, <laughs> they don't even know how it works. Like you ask them, like Linux, those the guys who make it, they don't even really know how it's, <laughs> it's working. But this is like a bunch of code just doing what it do. Yeah, like a bunch of compiled confusion, you know. But it's like <laughs> it fucking works. <laughs> but it's yeah. like it's like really living on faith, you know, like really believing, like this shit's gonna yeah. work. <laughs> yeah, you gotta have that that part there. Mm. No, that's cool. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. I, uh, I, I'm glad I, that one hasn't cropped up yet. And, uh, mm. I, I love asking that question cause there's always another angle. So thanks for sharing that. And what about your several book? Do you like, you know, same question to you, man, that's, uh, so like if I didn't think about it too hard, it'd be like 1984, I thought was a pretty cool book. That's, mm, that's that was like cool. one of the, the original books that I kind of, um, kind of like it was kind of like in the matrix where I took, what is it? The red pill or whatever. Like it just kind of changed my perception of reality. Um, George Orwell. It's kind of like creepy how the world is almost exactly how he uh, predicted it. <laughs> it's mm. uh, yeah. 1984, I guess would be, would be my book. But, yeah. Check that one out. But yeah, he, 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 he was, a, he's a writer, correct? George Orwell. Yeah, George Orwell. He's um, uh, yeah, def- definitely like just give it a peek. I think they've turned it into like movies and stuff since then. But he, I think he wrote. So it was kind of like that. You know, when they made that movie Back to the Future, they were talking about like this like future date and time, and it's actually like right around the corner. George Orwell did the same thing like way before 1984, and he was talking about there's all this concept of like big brother and how um, like there's this concept of like thought police, like they could, you could get in trouble for like thinking about creating, like doing a crime basically before you even committed it type thing and surveillance. Uh, So like mass surveillance, which is like the world we live in now, like he totally just called all this stuff. It's, it's, yeah, it's a, anyway, I I don't want to be sounding like some like conspiracy theorist or something like that, but no, no, I mean, it was great. I mean, he gave me to write it then it it, it didn't come out of 84, did it? No, man, here, I'm going to look it up real quick. So I know for sure. 
I think it was uh, like it came out in the sixth season title of that. Yeah, something like that. Um, 1984 book. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you right now. Um, 1949. Oh, okay, right. The nine and the four. Yeah, 1940. Close the close, mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. Interesting. But if you close the top of the four, like if you close it, you get a nine. It's like 1999. You know? Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, so he was close. He like he might have been like a you know twenty years off or something like that, but uh, this this dude wrote a bunch of books like between the twenties and I don't know I I say just check it out if it piques your interest a little bit. He's got um kind of an interesting perspective that we're actually living right now, like <laughs> like almost on like a creepy level. But. I'm gonna check. I'm gonna read that. I'm going to check. It. I need something to read. Mm-hmm. I, I check that out. Yeah, and I think they even have like videos and stuff now too. They've made like a couple renditions of it. There's like a black and white one, and uh, then like a little more modern one. But yeah, it's uh, you yeah, you, like you won't you won't be disappointed. I don't think. <laughs> or you can yell at me uh, later if you're disappointed. I guess. <laughs> no, he. he I, I've, um, he's one of those. Uh, I like. I like the old black and white films, you know, I like the old classics, you know, it was actual like actors and actual story. Right. And it wasn't all this sound effects and crazy over top animation. Mm-hmm. It was just simple and just, you know, good acting and a good story, you know, cause we all, everybody loves a good story. But that's like the element is kind of going away with everything. It's, everything is so instant now. Yeah. Just no. like right now, you know. Yeah. I can, I can agree with you on that one. The, um, supposedly this is, NPR put it in their top 100 science fiction books of all time. Mm. But yeah, thank, thanks for sharing uh, that book, man. I loved, I love to have that exchange. Um, I want to ask you this question. What is the best piece of advice that you have ever received? Mm. Best piece of advice. Um, um, I mean, really, I'm um, just, just sticking with someone saying, um, this is not about a couple of years ago, a young lady, she was saying, she's in management, and she was saying that, like, you're a man- your manager, everyone, like, thinks you're, like, don't know what you're doing. It's like, you know, it's, it seems chaotic, and you, sometimes you're a new manager, so you're there to change things. But it's like, she said it's, like, natural for everybody to be like, what the hell are you doing? Like, you don't know what you're doing. Like, what is going on? But then you just got to, like, let the results speak for themselves, you know? So she was saying, was like, just let, like, let it keep, let it keep riding. Then the results going to speak for themselves. You know, people just can't see into the future like you can sometimes. Mm-hmm. You can kind of see it clear in your head where you're going. But the, you know, the people you're managing, they're like, what are you doing? You're crazy. You know, but then you got to just like, just ignore it and then let the results speak for itself. And it's going to like show, you know, because the fact is a fact, you know, all day long, you know, in your face, it's results. Results speak. You know, only be a sucker for results. I, I resonate with that so much. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't even want to, I, I can't, I can't top it, man. Like that's excellent. Like everything from like, um, you know, you're taking like extreme ownership over the scenario and you're super confident, like, look, like just let me do my work here and you'll see how this will play out and you'll be one happy camper. I like, there's just so much. Thanks for sharing that, man. That's freaking awesome. All right, no problem. Anytime. Anytime. <laughs> what, is, what is the best training that you've ever paid for? 
or like invested in yourself with? Mm. Like, I, I mean, I mean, I want to develop this one guy. Um, he's a developer. He's good. I put his name on it. His name is Nick Webb. When I met him, like, um, he really like put a spin on my development. He really made me simplify things. It was like, like he, he taught me to use notepad and just like write down like all your action items and just keep it real simple and just stick to that. You know, like just with work with him one, he was more of a senior guy, but work with him, he just kind of like re, he redefined like, you know, keeping things like, you know, you know how you, how you have a function, right? Making it a verb, like you're making things crud, like, you know, create, run, update, you know, delete. Mm-hmm. And then naming your functions, those things. So it's like, and mean keeping your, your functions consistent, keeping your variables consistent, like keeping things in line, writing neat code, you know, mm. like keeping things neat and simple, you know, because it's like that times a million, you you appreciate doing that, you know, like a million lines, I mean, you know, or like 10,000 lines, but, you know, you really keeping things organized and simple. And he really like emphasized that. It wasn't even a lot. I just never thought of that before. I was like, wow, that's like really deep. You know, because you do it by, on your own. You don't, you're just doing it your own way. You know, whatever, whatever works, you know. <laughs> you get around someone else, they say, just do, do it, man, make it simple, you know. And it's okay to like, you know, name functions, your verbs, like get, get by ID or get list or, you know, update record or um, update customer, delete customer, you know, then like naming your next, um, your, um, I guess your next field or your next uh, noun, it could be your customer that you may have, or I guess your next object, your customer that you have um, like a class or like, you know, or school that they go to. So letting those be their own separate objects and, and data and field and field, or we it'd be tables. And then like, you know, now I say you have get, cus- get, cu- get customer by ID, you have get student by ID then get school by ID. You see, then yeah. update school, you know, update student, update, you know, customer, just like keeping that the consistent naming throughout your entire application. You know, the, keeping it real simple, you know, that's like, you know, you know, and the other developers come behind you and they can read what you got going on. They can kind of follow your flow, you know. Yeah. There's nothing worse than reading spaghetti code. It's like the worst, man. First of it's like bad, yeah, I find yeah, after a while you feel you start you try to learn that some developers make it bad on purpose so they can keep the work, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's a sick joke right there. <laughs> yeah, so who? It I mean it's just it's terrible if like if that's like a, a thing, which I it's not the first time I've heard of it. But yeah, just right. actually making it complex to keep your job, like that's a sick joke right there. It's oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's like kind of selfish, you know, it's like, now you got other, no one can read what you're doing. And it's like, then when something breaks, it's the worst. It's like, oh. Yeah. Wow. You know. Yeah. Nick sounds like a good, a good guy. That that sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, last question. Last question for you. What languages should be on our radar going into 2020? Hmm. You know, my favorite is Python. Like, I, I love Python. But I, I, I would say most of my development is spent in, in JavaScript. Okay. And Bash. We do a lot of Bash. A lot of Bash lately. And scripts. Yeah. Oh, boy. Scripts are like uh, <laughs> a heaven. You know, okay. even for, like, deploying things to your server, like having scripts in your server box and things, you know, automated over there. It's like, you know, Bash is like, you know, it's, it's Bash. It's Unix. It's very simple. You can do a lot with it. It's, it's, it's kind of the code language kind of weird. 
you know, but you know, so my favorite is Python, like Bash, JavaScript. Uh, I'm I'm a you know, I'm a C sharp guy though. ASP.net. That was my old old stumping ground. <laughs> okay, cool. Sound like an old man. Um, what else? Um, uh, the languages. Um, mm, Apple man. Apple is getting better with things. I think Swiftly is always there. Mm-hmm. I haven't even I haven't even looked at a lot of Swiftly at all. Like I that's one language I have not dove into. I'm probably gonna you know plan to. Um, yeah, I guess in MongoDB, uh, Redis framework, Redis, MongoDB. Mongo, there's not a database. It's very simple. It seems to, seem to be holding its ground. It's been out for quite some time now. It was almost like enterprise. We always think SQL Server and Microsoft is enterprise, but mm-hmm. Mongo's been around for a while now. And then Redis, that became popular with Twitter. Used it. They, they put it out there, said they use it. Hmm. And um, Redis is pretty cool. You know, so you see those couple of languages, and um, yeah, then like you know, then Debian. You know, I like Debian, the operating system, Linux. Yeah. You know, I'm a huge fan. They keep the things simple and stable. Don't make don't make too many changes. <laughs> yeah, change is good, but you know, you don't have it going too fast. You know, like oh shit, I gotta <laughs> update everything. Yeah, like if it's breaking <laughs> stuff. Like- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That could no, be that a pain. They can set stuff back. That's a good question. What about what language do you like? What same question to you? So, uh, base like. I think Python definitely has its place. Um, the more that I kind of do these interviews and kind of branch out into what else is kind of out there, I see that Python. It like if you're very data science oriented, like Python definitely needs to be on your radar. But there's some other stuff. Like I get a lot of people telling me about Rust actually. Mm. Um, and, uh, uh, flutter is, is been something that's cropped up before. I'm trying to think what else, uh, folks have mentioned. Um, SQL, I had one guy basically say if SQL was the first language that you ever learned, you'd never mm. learn another language because you can do so much mm. with it. But, um, yeah, yeah and, and, uh, so I had somebody else mention, um, uh, that that Microsoft should not be underestimated with what's going on uh, in in their shop. Um, I found out something today called they have this web framework called Blaze, and Blaze lets mm. you write full stack apps in C sharp, like like literally JavaScript. You don't need JavaScript. You can use it if you have to integrate with something, but it's literally like C sharp land. Uh, on the Blaze framework, and it integrates with Azure and stuff. So, okay. yeah, there's there's some there's some stuff on the horizon. But cloud, like if like if you believe that we are going in this direction of cloud, then like Python, you can't have Linux without Python and Bash, right. like you were saying. And then um, <laughs> you're probably going to be putting something up on the internet. So some sort of framework that works with web languages. Um, that's kind of my, uh, rationale, I guess. Hmm. Right. Interesting. Interesting. Those are good points. Yeah. That, that blaze, I got to I'm going to check that out. I, I saw it today, man. And then I, I saw in your profile how you're like, like C sharp is like one of your passions. And I was like, 
it's kind of it's kind of new though, but yeah, check it out and let me know like offline, man, uh, what you think about it. Uh, it might have like serious implications for like simplifying your business. I don't know. Mm, okay, yeah, I definitely looking to uh, you know learning new things is always good. Yeah, gotta gotta keep learning. Gotta keep learning. I, man, I tell you what, the like these podcasts, for example, like. I don't know what the tech scene like is out in Atlanta there, but for example, where I live, there's basically no tech scene. <laughs> so these podcasts are, I mean, this is how, if it wasn't for this, like, like you were showing gratitude coming on the show. Like I have major gratitude for you accepting this interview because I mean, without these types of experiences, I wouldn't have like a tech scene basically to interact with. So um, major gratitude for you coming on the show, sharing your wisdom, uh, and conversating with me. Very rarely do people actually conversate with me. It's more of like this one directional thing. And I've really enjoyed, I've really enjoyed this. Thank you. Same here. You know, thank you for having this wonderful show. Thank you for, you know, taking, you know, what I've given you about describing and trying to, you know, be, have a way of communicating you know, products that I offer, you know, you then resharing how your thoughts are on them and putting it from your perspective. So that was very uh, valuable from my point of view. So thank you for, you know, having this podcast to show the questions. It went real smooth. I liked it. You know, we got to definitely do it again. Cool. Was, um, good energy. Yeah. Yeah. I look, I look forward to uh, catching up with you on, uh, on air uh, in the future. And actually I, I do want to ask you before I, before we part ways here, how do uh, people find out more about you? Like where, what's the call to action and where can they find you? Okay, perfect. Well, the name of our company site is uh, certifiedcoders.com with a Z. That's certified coders, certified in the word coders with a Z, C-O-D-E-R-Z.com. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we got, I'll, I'll make sure I put that in the I'm show notes. On the interview. Uh, then my, the Instagram is um, certified coders as well. Okay, perfect. So that's the Instagram account. Yep. Yeah, we'll send them. We'll send them those links to Instagram and certified coders. And uh, yeah, definitely reach out to Tank if you guys have any questions about this interview. I'm sure you're super receptive to DMs and that sort of thing, right? Yeah, of course. Anytime. Excellent. Well, with that, folks. Okay. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, thanks. Thanks for coming on uh, here and talking with me. And uh, I guess we'll just end it right there. Does that sound like a good place? Yep, man. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for the time. Yeah, you got it. All righty.